Here's the question. What if we just did what the Bible says? <laughs> yeah, wouldn't that be something? What if we just did what the Bible says? You know, instead of trying to figure it out, instead of trying to decide whether or not we're going to, you know, what if we just did it? You know, uh, if you're somebody who exercises and you're someone who each day evaluates whether or not you're going to do your workout, a lot of times you're not going to. But if you just do it, you know, you just, it's seven o'clock, it's workout time. Just, if you just do it, then you're consistent, Right? What if we just did what the Bible said and we didn't wrangle, we didn't fight, we just were like, well, that's just what you do and we just did it. And that'd be something. Isn't that one of the issues with Christianity is that the followers of Christ don't follow Christ, right? The followers of Christ don't just do what the Bible says. And what if we started just doing what the Bible says, with Exodus chapter 20, verse 12. What if we started with that? I wonder what that one might be. Exodus 20, verse 12 says, Honor your father and your mother, so that you may live long in the land the Lord your God is giving you. Exodus 20, verse 12, Honor your father and your mother. What if we just did that? That's right. That's a good Bible verse for Mother's Day. <laughs> and uh, I looked up the word honor in the Hebrew and the Greek. This is the, this is the Hebrew, of course, from the Ten Commandments in Exodus. Uh, the Hebrew word for honor means basically to give weight to. It means to be weighty, you know, to be heavy. To honor is to give weight to your father and your mother. So if mom says something... It's, it's got something behind it. It's got some weight to it. In the Greek, uh, we'll read uh, that later in the New Testament where it says, honor your father and your mother. The Greek word for honor has uh, put value on is what that means. So value your father and your mother is the Greek concept. So we're talking about putting weight on making weighty your father and your mother and valuing your father and your mother. What if we just did that? That's, that seems fairly simple, right? Anybody? You know, it seems real simple, but... Uh, let, me, let me take a sidetrack here and we'll get back to that. First... Uh, for the moms out there, let me just say that uh, you are not going to get the thanks you deserve in this life. Amen? You're just not going to. If you're hoping for that, you know, we've got roses for the, for, actually for all the ladies, we have roses. We're not going to evaluate who deserves a rose and who doesn't. Everyone, just like with the video, hey, if you're a, if you're a mentor, if, you know, everybody's you know, women are moms. And so we've got roses for all the ladies. Make sure you take one on your way out uh, as just a way for Good Hope Church to honor and value you. Make sure you take one.
But getting a rose on Mother's Day is not sufficient to express what it means to sacrifice as a mom, to be a mom, to do all that work. You're going to end up doing a whole lot of things that nobody's going to notice. And in fact, your kids will get mad at you about it when you're doing the thing that's best for them and sacrificing for them. Right? That's just how that goes. Moms are like great artists. They're not appreciated in their own time. Right? But then you look back decades and you go, okay, I get it. I understand. Wow, that's, yeah, okay. I can't believe I was a crying baby at 2 a.m., but I suppose I was, you know? Like, I don't remember that, but I'm guessing my mom took care of me in all these different situations just like me and my wife did for our little guys, you know, when they were little. And we just don't get... The, you know, moms don't get the appreciation that they deserve. And so understand, you're storing up treasures in heaven. When we end up doing things that are service to the Lord, that are sacrificial, that don't get noticed, that no one's going to even understand is happening, that's how we store up treasures in heaven. And so moms... I hope you've got a huge stockpile of treasures in heaven of things that nobody noticed, that nobody's seen. This is described in Matthew chapter 6, 1 through 4. Um, let's just read through that. It, we're going to extrapolate into mom from this. Be careful not to do your acts of righteousness before men to be seen by them. If you do, you will have no reward from your Father in heaven. So when you give to the needy, Are little kids needy? Oh, yeah. Do not announce it with trumpets as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and on the streets to be honored by men. I tell you the truth. They have received their reward in full. But when you give to the needy, do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing so that your giving may be in secret. Then your father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. Do you know the living God sees what is done in secret? Did you know He will reward you? He will honor you. He will value what you've done that no one else will ever see, that no one else will ever understand. You are storing up treasures in heaven. Now, I find it easy to honor my mom. I'm going to call my mom later today. Because my mom was awesome. She's a great mom. Very sacrificial in raising me and my brother. And, and uh, you know, just did everything she could do. And so it's easy for me to honor my mom. But it's not easy for everybody, is it? It's not always just that simple of, my mom was awesome. I've got nothing against her. I can see... You know, that she was a human being, but while she did a great job, a lot of people don't have that same experience. And so, what if your mom isn't honorable? Now what do you do? How does that work? That's what we're going to talk about today. And let me uh, just say this. That's when it's time to walk by faith, 
and not by sight. That's when it's time to live by faith, not by sight. Let's read 2 Corinthians 5, 7. This is an often quoted verse. We live by faith, not by sight. What does that mean? We live by faith, not by sight. What the Apostle Paul was talking about as he's writing a letter to the Corinthian church, he's talking about how this life has its struggles, but we have citizenship in heaven. We have eternal life in Christ. We have a heavenly dwelling that that we can't see. But we're going to live this life not by the things that we see, but we're going to live this life by faith in what God has for us. By faith in God's promises, by faith in what we know the future holds when we walk with Christ. So we live by faith, not by sight. An easy way to understand how to live by faith, not by sight. Because, you know, again... Uh, I think sometimes we know how to quote the verse, but we don't know how to live the verse. You know what I mean? Like we can, we can quote, yep, live by faith, not by sight. But we don't know how to live by faith. Let me give you a simple phrase to help you live by faith. And it's this. Faith goes first. Faith goes first. What if we just did what the Bible says, what if we just went first? It says, honor your father and mother. There isn't like, if your father does this, if your mother does that. It just says, honor your father and mother. What if we just did it? What if we just went first? Abraham, considered to be a great man of faith, just did what God told him to do. In uh, Genesis chapter 12, verse 1, God speaks to Abraham. Then his name was Abram. And here's what it is. Here's what the Lord says. The Lord had said to Abram, Leave your country, your people, and your father's household, and go to a land I will show you. What if God said that to you? I want you to quit your job. I want, to move away. I want you to move away from your friends and family, your support system, and go somewhere that I'm not going to tell you right now where that is. Just start walking. How exciting would that be? But Abraham was a man of faith. So did he need to have the document? Okay, show me the deed to this land. You know, I, I want to see it. Now we get verse 4. Verse 4. So Abram left. (laughs) So he just went. As the Lord had told him. And Lot went with him. So Abram left. Faith goes first. Hey go. I've got a land I'm going to show you. Okay. And he just went. He was not living by sight. He didn't even know where he was going. He was living by faith. Faith goes first. What if we just did what the Bible says? 
We'd have to live by faith. All right. Let's apply the principle of faith goes first to other relational commands. Because this, this honor your father and your mother is a relational command, right? It's how do you relate to other people? How many relational commands do you think are in the Bible? Like, how do you relate to people? Like, for example, um, how are you to relate to your neighbor in the Bible? Love your neighbor, right? That's a relational command. Here's how you are to relate to your neighbor. What if we just did that instead of saying, yeah, but you don't know my neighbor. You know, my neighbor is a jerk. You know, I know a guy whose neighbor shot his dog. You know, like the dog wandered into the neighbor's yard and the neighbor just shot it. Love your neighbor. Faith goes first. Faith means that we don't walk by sight. But, hey, he says, love your neighbor. Okay, I'm just going to do that. Love your neighbor. Faith goes first. Let's look at some other relational commands in Ephesians chapter. We're going to read chapter 5, verse 33, and then into several different relational commands, all packed into just a few verses. We're going to start with Ephesians 5, 33. It says, however, each one of you must love his wife as he loves himself, and the wife must respect her husband. So it says that the husband must love his wife. Do you always feel, husbands, do you always feel like doing that? Today's a good day to do that. It's Mother's Day. It's a good day. Love your wife. Hey, if we're going to just do what the Bible says, just love your wife. Don't sit and figure out if she deserves it or not. Or if, you know, well, I don't know. The casserole didn't really turn out yesterday, so I'm kind of miffed about that. You know, no, just, just do it. Just love your wife. Well, she's been kind of naggy lately. Just love your wife. Faith goes first. Faith doesn't look at, okay, how is she doing? You know, let's evaluate whether or not she deserves to be loved today. Just love your wife. And then, keeps going, right? The wife must respect her husband. What if we just did what the Bible says? Like, oh, well, yeah, but he made that stupid financial decision last week. And, and you know, oh, he never does clean up his, his uh, dishes or what. You know, hey, just, just, just do what the Bible says. What if we just did what the Bible says? Instead of trying to evaluate whether or not the person deserves to be treated the way the Bible says. Faith goes first. Faith respects first. Before respectfulness shows itself. Faith loves first. Before loveliness shows itself. Let's go on to the next verse. 6-1. Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Amen. Are you ready? You're gonna, the moms are going to amen on this one. What if we just did what the Bible says? Now this one is a great example because do children understand why their parents tell them things? No, that's why the response from the parent is, because I said so. Is that a good response? It's perfectly fine for me. I was content with it, because <laughs> I said so. Was, I felt like it was a good answer. Now, of course, uh, the kids wouldn't necessarily be that excited about because I said so. And it's, there's times to explain yourself. But hey, there's times to just say, no, this is what's going to happen. Because they don't understand. You know, I remember when the kids were little, we lived on a street on the edge of town, and the cars were coming from out of town. 
is the main big street. And so they hadn't really slowed down yet by the time they got to our house. You know, they were definitely going faster than the speed limit. And so, you know, you got a a one-year-old and a three-year-old and a six-year-old and they're playing in the yard. Where's the ball going to go? It's going to go in the street. What's the, the rule at our house was, you don't go after the ball. If the ball goes near the street, you come and get me, you come get your mother, we'll get the ball. Was that because I just didn't want them to have a ball? I'm, I'm, I'm a cruel, mean dad who wants the little boys to not have their ball anymore. Is that why? No. It's because I don't want them to get hit by a car, right? But how easy is that to explain to a three-year-old? To the three-year-old, you don't go on the street. You come and get me, I'll get your ball for you. Children, obey your parents. That's what's right. What if we just did what the Bible says? And there's a promise with this one. Let's go to verse 2. Honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment with the promise that it may go well with you and that you may enjoy long life on the earth. So it's saying, if you don't go after your ball on the street, it's going to go well with you. If you go after the ball, it's going to be hard. Because there's going to be SUVs cruising down that street. And, uh, you know, the three-year-old versus the SUV, the three-year-old loses. So listen to your parents. There's some more relational things. Verse 4, fathers, do not exasperate your children. Instead, bring them up in the training and instruction of the Lord. Don't exasperate your children. Have you ever been tempted to do that, fathers? Because I said so. It's getting close to that, right? So you've got to be a little bit careful. You know, because I said so needs to be in love. Not in, I'm the man, so you got to do what I say. You know, it's, it's hey, you got to trust me on this one. I don't have time to explain it. And you're three, so you're not going to understand. But, hey, I, I love you, and so I'm going to set up some, some rules for you. Fathers, do not exasperate your children. Instead, bring them up in the training and instruction of the Lord. What if we just did what the Bible says? If this verse got followed by every man who calls himself a believer, this world would be a different place. Verse 5. Slaves. So, in our context, this would be employees. Okay? (laughs) Employees. Employees. Obey your earthly masters with respect and fear and with sincerity of heart, just as you would obey Christ. Obey them not only to win their favor when their eye is on you, but like slaves of Christ, doing the will of God from your heart. So if you're an employee and you just did what the Bible says, remember, we're going to walk by faith, not by sight. Faith goes first. Now, there, there are the, the normal caveats, of course. You know, there's only so much time to do the sermon. So we can't talk for five hours on every situation. There's, there's certainly times, like if, you're, if your employer says, go kill so-and-so. Should you, oh, well, Bible says, I'm just going to, I'm going to walk by faith, not by Don't, 
kill them, quit your job, right? I mean, that's, that should make perfect sense. Um, also, you know, like, you've heard the, the teachings of Jesus on turn the other cheek, right? Turn the other cheek. If somebody slaps you in the cheek, say, give them the other one. <laughs> okay, walk by faith, not by sight. But what if somebody knows that you're a turn the other cheek sort of person, and so they're just exploiting you? Well, then it's time to say, hey, dude, you can't, you can't be doing that. You're, uh, you're just manipulating me, and you can be strong, all right? Don't let yourself be exploited. This is when somebody's doing something hurtful, and you're trying to rescue the dog with the broken leg. Have you ever tried to rescue a dog with a broken leg? What happens to you? You get bit. It's just part of the deal. But if you want to help the dog, you've got to be willing to get bit. And so that's what that's talking about. If we're going to be a light in this world, we're going to occasionally get bit. But that doesn't mean that you just throw out all sense and just get manipulated all the time. You know, that's not what it means. So obey your employers. If they say do it this way and you think, well, if I did it another way, it would be 5% more efficient. Just do it the way you're told. Right? You can let them know in the appropriate context and that sort of a thing. But what if, we, what if Christians just obeyed their employers? Sweep the floor again. Okay. I think people would like Christians then. <laughs> you know? What if we just did what the Bible says? And we thought, well, the, the Word of God says obey, so I guess I will. Faith goes first. Verse 7, serve wholeheartedly as if you were serving the Lord, not men, because you know that the Lord will reward everyone for for whatever good he does, whether he is slave or free. And masters, treat your slaves in the same way. So this goes both ways, right? Employers, treat your employees the same way. Do not threaten them since you know that he who is both their master and yours is in heaven, and there is no favoritism with him. You know, there's favoritism in this world, right? There's people who have advantages over others. But God doesn't see it that way. So if you've got an advantage over someone else, you still have to be fair if you're going to obey the word of God, if you're going to do what the Bible says. Employers, be fair. Do right. Don't exploit your advantage. Because there's no favoritism with God. Those are relational commands. If we're going to live by faith, not by sight, then we're going to just go first. We're going to go ahead and honor our mother. We're going to go ahead and honor our father. We're going to go ahead and obey our parents. We're going to go ahead and do what the employer says to do with the appropriate caveats that I mentioned earlier. We're just going to go first, even if they don't deserve it. Because faith goes first. We just obey. We just do what the Bible says. Let's apply this principle of faith goes first to attitudinal commands. So we've been talking about relational commands. How do we treat other people? You know, there's more commands than just relational commands. 
Let's, uh, let's look at attitudinal commands. You know, like what attitude should we have? And let's try to apply this concept because if we can get this one down, now I tell you, this is life-changing if you can grab hold of faith goes first. It will make a difference for you. I mean, marriages get healed on this one concept that faith goes first. Husbands, love your wives. End of sentence. Just go ahead and do it. Marriages get healed with this concept of faith goes first, and so do so many other things. All right, faith goes first. You ready for some tough ones? Let's do James chapter 1, verse 2. Consider it pure joy, my brothers, whenever you face trials of many kinds. So what should our attitude be when we face a trial, when we face a difficulty, when something harsh happens in our life? What attitude are we supposed to have? What if we just did what the Bible says? What would we consider it? Pure joy. Not just joy. Pure joy. The depth of joy when you face trials of many kinds. Now that can be a tricky one, right? But let me tell you, when you see a trial and you consider it pure joy, it starts to change your world. You get to live in a different world. One of the things that Trinette and I learned years ago is that when stuff starts going crazy wrong on Sunday morning, if we just get excited about what God's going to do, amazing things happen. Because if the enemy is attacking on Sunday morning, something good's, something good's on its way. So we, we just were like, oh, wow, the sound system blew up. Hallelujah! You know, God's got something good planned. Something good's going to happen today. You know, oh, eight volunteers didn't show up. Hey, guess what? God's got something good planned today. Hallelujah! You know, like, we just get excited. Because guess what? We're just going to do what the Bible says. And that discourages the enemy quite a bit. When we get excited, we're like, oh, you just tipped your hand. (laughs) We know God's got a good plan. We're going to start getting excited. Consider it pure joy. Have you had a trial make you a better person? Maybe it wasn't fun. Hey, I get to come out of this on the other side a better person. I get to become stronger. I get to develop in ways I otherwise wouldn't have fought through. Consider it pure joy. When you face trials of many kinds. What if we just did that? Didn't that well, you know, this trial. And, and just, just do what the Bible says. What if we just did it? What if we walked by faith? And just like, okay, I need to find some joy in this. Lord, help me, help me, help me with that. You know? 1 Thessalonians 5.18 Give thanks in all circumstances. For this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. If you've been wondering what God's will is for you, here it is. It says it in the Bible, God's will for you is to give thanks in all circumstances. Now, I always am careful to make sure to say, I don't believe this is uh, meaning give thanks for all circumstances. I think this means give thanks in all circumstances because what we don't want to do, like again, when the enemy attacks, I don't give thanks for the enemy's attack. 
I give thanks for God's plan coming to pass and that the enemy is not going to be able to succeed. I don't give thanks for the bad thing. I give thanks in the bad thing. You see the difference there? Very important because Christians get weird on this one. You know, don't be thanking God for a horrible disease or something. You know, consider it pure joy when you face the trial. Give thanks in that. Be a person of thanksgiving in the midst of that. But give thanks for, uh, for God's healing power. Not for a disease. Give thanks. When do we give thanks? In all circumstances. Is it after things get better or before? It's before. Because faith goes first. Faith considers it pure joy in the middle of the trial. Faith is thankful in all circumstances, even the bad circumstances. Faith goes first. How about Exodus 20, verse 17? Another one of the Ten Commandments. You shall not covet your neighbor's house. You shall not covet your neighbor's wife or his manservant or maidservant or his ox or donkey or anything that belongs to your neighbor. Your, your neighbor ever get a really nice new truck? <laughs> that ever, you're like, ooh. It says don't want what your neighbor has. Don't want that. Faith goes first. Have you ever not been satisfied with who you are as a person? Not satisfied with what you have, not satisfied with your abilities, not satisfied with your position in life. You're just not satisfied with who you are. Don't covet your neighbor's life. You know, you were made in the image of God, fearfully and wonderfully made. You are incredible and awesome. Don't want to be someone else. One of, the, one of the things for me, you know, when I was growing up, I couldn't read. Now I, now I can read just fine. But uh, when I was growing up, I couldn't read. And it was, I, I really didn't like that. It was embarrassing. It was humiliating. You know, I mean, I'd, I'd be the only one to get questions wrong. You know, I'd, they'd go around a room and you'd have to read. A, you know, oh, I hated that. Uh, and I couldn't do it. You know, it was embarrassing. And uh, I wanted to be someone who could read. But I wasn't. Well, what are you going to do with that? You know, I wasn't a believer in those days, but if I was, I would be able to give thanks in all circumstances. I'd be able to consider it pure joy because this is going to create a motivation in my life that I don't think can come without something like that happening. Um, You know, I could live out the promises and not covet other people's abilities. Faith goes first. I don't know what it is that you may not like about who you are, but don't want to be someone else. Don't want to have a different life. Be thankful for who you are. Be excited about what God has done for you. Faith goes first. Be glad you're you. I'm glad I'm me. Last one, this is a tough one too. Mark eleven twenty five. 25. 
Mark eleven twenty five says, And when you stand praying, if you hold anything against anyone, forgive him, so that your Father in heaven may forgive you your sins. When you, when you come to church and the songs are singing, if you hold, if you hold anything against anybody, forgive him. What if we just did what the Bible says? What if we walked by faith, not by sight? Well, they don't, they did this wrong and they're blah, blah, blah. What if we just did what the Bible says? And we said, you know what? I'm, Lord, I'm going to put this at your feet. I'm going to do what you say. That can be a battle, right? That may not take one service. I had a situation one time that people have been through a lot worse than what happened. And it took me a year to honestly forgive in my heart. And I tried for a year. It was, it was hard work. Finally got there. You can get there. And it's, it sets you free. But we walk by faith, not by sight. We live by faith, not by sight. We forgive first. Faith goes first. I'm going to invite the prayer team up. We're going to close. Again, uh, ladies, don't forget to pick up your rose as you head out. Um, but because uh, we want to honor moms of all varieties. But let's, uh, let's apply this principle of faith goes first to one more command. And that's in Matthew 16, 24. Matthew 16, 24. Then Jesus said to his disciples, If anyone would come after me, he must deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. What if we just did what the Bible says? What if we just said, all right, I'm laying myself down and I'm going to follow Christ. I'm going to take up my cross daily. I'm going with him. What if we just did that? I tell you, even if you've been taking up your cross, you can start forgetting to pick it up. The days can go by and you can start getting busy with other things. You can get distracted. But faith goes first. Faith says, you know what? In this life, serving God is my best option. He says, deny yourself. Take up your cross daily and follow me. Amen. What if we just did that? We've got amazing promises. Abraham just went. We can just go. Follow Christ. Walk by faith. And see where that takes us. Let's close. Let's just, we'll just pray. I'll close and we'll open up the front for personal prayer. Heavenly Father, help us to just do what you say. Help us to walk by faith. Help us to know that faith goes first. Lord, help us to honor our moms, even if we feel like there's something that that would stop that normally. Help us to walk by faith, not by sight. Not seeing the, the grievances that we have, but seeing your command. And just doing it. 
And Lord, help us with all those other relational commands, Lord, as we go through the scriptures in our devotion time, as we read, as we hear uh, different uh, scriptures being spoken out on the radio or at church. Lord, help us to be able to just do it and to walk by faith because faith goes first. We can just love our wives and there doesn't need to be anything else about that. We can just do that. We can just respect our husbands. We don't need to look at anything else. We can just do that. We can just obey our parents. We don't need to worry about anything else. We can just do it. Help us, Lord, to walk by faith and not by sight. And Lord, if there are people in here right now who need to re-up their relationship with you, Lord, let them just do it. Ask for forgiveness, ask for a reinstatement, ask for a reconnection or ask for a connection for the first time and say, Lord, I want to follow you. Help me do that. Lord, spark that in their hearts. Lord, help us to take up our cross and follow you. Lord, I pray a blessing over each one in this place. May your peace be upon us. May your light shine in our hearts. May your love overflow from within us to our world. So bless us and encourage us. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Amen. You can come on down for personal prayer. The prayer team's ready to go. Otherwise, you're dismissed. Moms, get your roses. Have a wonderful Mother's Day.